From COK Studios on Adam Felber's front lawn, this is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. On today's show, we're considering some of the best stories and segments we did in the first half of 2017. We hope you'll enjoy this extended clip show of some of our favorite moments. Part two of the best of 2017 will be coming up later this year, in a week where we also don't have time to put together an original episode. Stay with us. Support for Consider Our Knowledge comes from 1-800-TUBE-SOCKS. Discreetly selling tube socks, orthopedic hose, and other irregular footwear through the mail, so no one need know about your cankles, foot fungus, or extra toes. And the Sterling Remington Montgomery Jr. Foundation, committed to wasting a huge trust fund building things that nobody needs. Like a 20-foot gold statue of Polly Shore, a glass-bottom school bus, and an escalator to the moon. This is Consider Our Knowledge. I'm Connor Bentley. And I'm Dinah Jones-Mallow. Emmanuel Macron, an independent centrist who has never held elected office, won a resounding victory over far-right nationalist Marine Le Pen on Sunday in the most important French presidential race in decades. Macron won with over 66% of the vote to Le Pen's near 34%. Le Pen had hoped to repeat the surprise victories of Donald Trump and the Brexit, but fell short. This election was seen as a bit of a referendum on the anti-global sentiment that allowed Trump to win and Brexit to pass. Macron's victory stabilizes Europe a bit at a time of uncertainty, but what do we know about the youngest president in French history? Joining us in the studio are our senior gossip reporter and popular teenage girl, Melissa Reynolds, and one of Mr. Macron's closest advisors, Monsieur Lefou. Thank you both for being here. Hey! My pleasure. Melissa, what's the mood over in France after the Macron victory? Most people are totes stoked. He's like way popular, Connor. I mean, he beat that gross Le Pen woman super bad. In addition to moderating the political climate in Europe, he's like young and hot. That won't hurt him at all. Monsieur LeFou, you've been a close advisor to Mr. Macron for a while now. What would you say are his strengths, especially since he's never held elected office before? Well, no one's quick as Macron. No one's slick as Macron. No one's hair is as incredibly thick as Macron's. Okay, but how does that qualify him for this job? Well, there's no one in France that's as manly. He's perfect. A true paragon. I talked to my French friend named Stanley, and he told me whose team he preferred to be on. And that was? I told you! No one's in like Macron. No one grins like Macron. In elections, nobody wins like Macron. As a centrist, he's totes intimidating. My, what a guy, that Macron. Okay, can you give us more information, though? This doesn't really tell us much about how he'll govern. Oh, no? Nobody invests like Macron, welcomes guests like Macron. In banking, nobody divests like Macron. There isn't a more handsome creature. He's definitely not a moron. He married his high school teacher. Yes, but in France, that is kind of a yawn. I understand. Can you elaborate? No one's gruff like Macron. No one bluffs like Macron. On the EU, nobody's as tough as Macron. All the delegates find him intimidating. Oh, how I love that Macron. Is that all? Yeah, I, I, I think so. Uh, did I say how hot he is? Yes. 
Thank you both for being here. No problem. He's a man among men. You can say that again. I. He's a man among men. Mm. That was Melissa Reynolds and Monsieur LeFou. You're listening to Consider Our Knowledge. Last week was a tumultuous one for the Trump administration, as the president ordered an airstrike on Syria and welcomed Chinese President Xi Jinping for what can only be described as a very tense summit at his Mar-a-Lago resort in Florida. The strike in Syria and the summit with China underscored some of the conflicting viewpoints within the Trump administration. The attack on Syria does not necessarily square with Trump's America First policy and creates more tension among the members of the president's senior team who are jockeying for influence. Seemingly losing the battle for power are white nationalism advisor Steve Bannon and chief of staff Rens Priebus, who have been admonished by Trump over a series of dust-ups with Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, and senior advisor. I investigated what many are calling a civil war within the Trump administration. By the spring of 2017, President Donald Trump has gotten fed up with the growing tension among his inner circle. Competing ideologies are threatening to break up his fragile union. The civil war in Syria is nothing compared to the battle being waged within the White House. In the president's good graces are his son-in-law, Jared Kushner, and economic advisor, Gary Cohn, while Stephen K. Bannon, the tempestuous chief strategist, and Rents Priebus, the mild-mannered chief of staff, seem to be on the outs. Writing home to his mother from his outpost at Mar-a-Lago, Kushner described the growing unrest. Dearest mother, things are getting worse here all the time. It seems as if there will be no easy reconciliation before the summer. I fear that self-inflicted wounds by our friend Mr. Bannon will doom us to ultimate failure in the long run. I worry that the President will not have the strength to do what needs to be done, but I still have hope. The day may come when I must take up arms against the other faction, but I only do so out of duty and without joy. I hope this letter finds you well. Tell Father I am sorry about the Chinese pulling out of the building deal. I look forward to seeing you in Aspen in a fortnight. All my love to you, your son, Jared. P.S. Iraq was fun. Super dry and sandy, though. The president has considered a range of options, including a shift in role for Mr. Bannon, who has become increasingly isolated in the White House as other power centers have grown. Isolating Bannon could prove to be a wise strategy, but it could also be dangerous, for Bannon is a man who has a reputation for fighting dirty when his back is against the wall. The former Breitbart chair has not been taking the exile of he and his followers well. We call ourselves the Fight Club. You don't come to us for warm and fuzzy. We think of ourselves as virulently anti-establishment, particularly anti the permanent political class. We say Paul Ryan was grown in a petri dish at the Heritage Foundation. We hire people who are freaks. They don't have social lives. They're junkies about news and information. Stephen K. Bannon. This civil war is being fought in many places, from the breezeways of Mar-a-Lago to the boardrooms of Trump Tower.
from the empty offices of the West Wing to the even emptier offices of the State Department. Loyalties will be tested, and men's careers may die because of it. Resumes scattered like tombstones across the landscapes of the halls of government. Father, I beg you, stop this madness. Rents and Stephen are creating chaos from which there may be no return. Please intervene. The war is too costly. It's harming the Trump brand. We cannot allow these men who are not our kin to destroy what we have inherited from our forefathers. Nobody is buying my shoes and handbags now. Let Jared do more. He went to Harvard and NYU. He can fix the problems in the Middle East and Mexico and with the government. I believe in him, and I know you do too. Give him things to do and let him lead your team to victory after victory. Your loving daughter, Ivanka. Letters and tweets like this have become commonplace as President Trump's family have entered the battle to save the administration from itself. In the White House blame game, no one is safe. Mr. Bannon's team is blamed for the contested and controversial travel bans. Mr. Priebus was damaged by the failure of health care legislation. Even Mr. Kushner has yet to show he can master his own portfolio, and his role is so large that miscues will be magnified. What will be the outcome? We are scattered, stunned. The remnant of heart left alive in us is filled with brotherly hate. Whose fault? Everybody blamed by somebody else. Only the fired employees left stiff and stark on the battlefield escape. Hashtag sad. Ivanka Trump. Can the Trump administration emancipate itself and forge a new beginning free of conflict? Will the fractured sides form anew? Or will someone, a friend, former supporter, or brother, hear the immortal words? You're fired. For COK News, I'm Cordell Notbrock. In 2014, COK profiled the comeback of Broadway sensation Fanny Carmichael. Fanny had been unable to sing for almost 20 years after heavy-duty prescription cough drops robbed her of her voice. Now Fanny is headlining on Broadway again in a brand new show with her old friend and sometimes rival Vivian Dumont. Senior reporter Cordell Nutbrock sat down with both women to discuss their careers and their new musical review in this installment of our music series, Consider the Sound. Ladies, thank you for taking the time to chat with me today. It's an absolute pleasure. Oh, you're welcome, sweetheart. Ms. Carmichael, tell us how you and Ms. Dumont came to work together. Well, back in the old days before I lost my voice, we were up-and-coming chorus girls together. Along with our other friend, Nina Van Brunswick, we lived in a one-room apartment together and worked to make our names on Broadway. Oh, God, it was rough going, let me tell you. We lived on saltines, tab, and Virginia Slims in those days. Poor Nina couldn't hack it and quit. Fanny and I had big dreams, though, so we kept on working. Well, when did you both have your big break? We both got roles in a Sondheimer show called Musical Musings. Uh, do you mean Sondheim? Oh, no, no, sweetie. Scotty Sondheimer. He's a fabulous composer and director. He later cast me as Miss Scarlet in Clue the Musical. 
That's why my signature song is Candlestick in the Conservatory. I see. Musical musings launched us both. After that, I got the lead in the Tony Award-winning musical, The Burger King and I. Oh, that's right. You were terrific. Tell us about your new show, Dueling Divas. Oh, it's full of highlights from our careers. It's just the two of us up there for three hours. We each take turns doing our signature numbers. I have a few more than Fanny, but let's not forget that she took 20 years off while I was winning Tonys and Drama Desk Awards. Not to mention sleeping with every producer and director that walked into your field of vision. Oh, don't be jealous, dear. I was always a little more popular with the gentleman. Uh, it seems like there's a little tension between you two. Oh, no, it's just friendly competition. It's true. We did have a bit of a falling out after Viv shacked up with my fifth husband, Porthos. It was over between us, so I wasn't really jealous. I didn't care if she wanted my sloppy seconds. But the two of them said some nasty things about me in the trade papers. It hurt me deeply. I think that might have driven me to abuse my prescription cough drops. If it makes you feel any better, Porthos gave me the clap. Me too. Uh, so how long do you think you'll keep doing Dueling Divas? As long as I can. Show business is my life. That's why I call it Show Life! Me too. It's so much fun. There's something about live performance that's even better than sex. <laughs> Maybe that's because you're married to a gay man. <laughs> <laughs> Let's keep this civil, ladies. Oh, Viv's just kidding. It's hard to tell because of her many, many facelifts. I really have to say I can't think of another person I'd rather work with at this stage of my career. Yes, the very, very late twilight of your career. Viv is actually three years older than me, so realistically she's probably only got one or two good years left. We wanted to do this show before her dementia kicks in. Or before Fanny starts taking pills and drinking again. Oh, the stories I'll tell at your funeral. I'll see you in hell first. Oh, screw you, Viv. Go f*** yourself, Fanny. Ladies, uh, thank you for taking the time today. Oh, thank you, dear. Love to all the Fanny fiends out there. Mwah! Dueling Divas, featuring Fanny Carmichael and Vivian Dumont, is currently playing at the Perineum Theatre through the end of 2017. A cast recording is due out later this month. For Consider the Sound, I'm Cordell Nutrock. Now we turn to another installment of our Consider the Source series. Typically, we hear about new slang terms from our resident phraseologists, Leslie and Constance Kincaid, but today Constance is joined by another very well-known wordsmith, her good friend, Prunella Chapman. Glad to have you both with us, ladies. Glad to be here. <laughs> Delighted. So I'm excited to have Prunella joining us today, but I have to ask, Constance, where's Leslie? Well, we have decided that our next book project will be two separate volumes, Slang for Men and Slang for Women. Prunella and I are writing the slang for women, while Leslie is writing with his good friend, Lord Ignatius Xylophone Reynolds, on the men's version of the book. 
I thought it would be a good idea for women to have their own book of slang terms and phrases because phraseology and slang studies have traditionally been very much a boys' club. Oh, Constance and I want to break the glass ceiling. Indeed, Brunella. Down with the slang patriarchy. It is high time we had a book of our own. Well, that sounds like a great idea. What types of slang will we see in your book? Well, you won't see any slang terms for male genitalia. (laughs) Not at all. I have grown so weary of all the slang books that have page after page of references to a man's dooflicker or his plonker or his silent flute. Or his tummy banana. No, no, there will be none of that in our book. Okay, well, so what will be in your book then? We have a good deal of new exciting slang, especially tailored to women. Such as voluntold. This is when you are forcibly volunteered for something. A task that was once voluntary has now been ordered to you. As in, I wasn't really going to volunteer for the party planning committee, but Steve voluntold me I had to do it. Oh, being voluntold happens to a lot of women in the workplace. What else have you got? Another term from the book is neglect. Oh, (laughs) this is when you abandon someone in mid-conversation for a prolonged period of time, intentionally or unintentionally, (laughs) via the sending of text messages. As in, I feel so bad I fell asleep last night and totally neglected you. No, I've done that before. We all have. I neglected Leslie yesterday. He was very cross with me. That's too bad. Oh, another word from this book is mummified. This is when you have spent so much time with your children that you cannot function as a normal adult anymore. As in, did she just say she has to go tinkle in the party? Yeah, she's mummified. I'm sure a lot of women can relate to that one. Indeed we can. Well, Constance Prunella, I think your book of slang for women will be a huge success. Oh, we do hope so. Well, thank you both for coming by and sharing your new terms with us today. It was our pleasure! (laughs) That was Consider the Source. Now it's time for this week's Big Little Wins, because it's important for us to have a win every so often, no matter how little. Our first Big Little Win is from Janet Bloomberg in Des Moines, Iowa who hit four consecutive green lights on the way to the veterinarian last week. Even though it wasn't an emergency, it must have been nice to get your cat, Teaser to his appointment on time. Way to go, Janet. Congratulations to Carla Mayfee of Butte, Montana on her big little win. Carla was ecstatic when her Celtic Woman CD arrived in the mail after only five weeks instead of the anticipated 12 weeks after donating $75 to her local public radio station. Enjoy the music that has been described as Riverdance for the Voice. If you or someone you know has a big little win, let us know by posting it on our Facebook page or sending us a tweet. That's all for this week's episode of Consider Our Knowledge. If you want more from the best-looking news team in public radio, visit our website, considerourknowledge.com, for more news and stories. You can also like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at ConsiderOurKnow. You can download the podcast at iTunes and at Stitcher.com. The COK team includes Emily Clausen, Jeremiah Knight, Natalie Thorpe, Marianne Wetzel, Hobart Willis, and Spencer Cannon. Our intern is Ryan Shattuck. Thanks so much for listening. I'm Connor Bentley.